Round three, round three, round three. You're listening to the Jerkatorium Spin Tunes 14 Round Three Reviews Podcast. And you're listening, and it's Spin Tunes. It is Jerkatorium. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We won Spin Tunes 13, so now we're back here on the scene to judge you, rate you, to flatter you, and then eliminate you. I know that stuff to hear. Get used to the idea Yeah, you're gonna lose This Spin Tunes And yes, I'm talking to you Yeah, you're gonna lose This Spin Tunes Deep down inside you know that it's true 23 bands are gonna lose Before this thing is done And your band's won And by one and only in the past tense of win I mean you're one of the losers all right. Hi, this is The Jerk. Just wanted to make some introductory comments. Uh, wanted to mention that we haven't gotten much feedback on our podcast. Uh, we've only ever gotten a couple of comments, both positive. But if you'd like to give us any feedback, either positive or negative, uh, you can email us at feedback at twojerksonevote.com. Uh, none of those are numbers. It's all letters, all one word. So it's feedback at... T-W-O-J-E-R-K-S-O-N-E-V-O-T-E dot com. And yeah, any feedback at all, positive or negative, we'd love to hear it. Uh, Jerkatorium, of course, has been in a lot of competitions. We've been judged ourselves quite a bit, and we know how frustrating it can be if something's misunderstood. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to hear it. Uh, we are, we're also acutely aware that we know less about music than, um, many of the folks that we are judging. Uh, so we never intend to sound like patronizing or anything. And if we do sound patronizing, it's probably just a function of the nature of, you know, being compelled to judge, uh, other people's music. So if you, if you know what I mean about that, uh, Chumpy and I each listen to all of the songs over and over each round. You know, the, the fewest numbers of times that I think I've listened to any of these songs has got to be five or six each. And I'm sure Chumpy listens to it more than I do. And uh, even those numbers sound sound really probably lower than the actual number. Um, but at some point after all of that listening and studying this music and everything, if we've still gotten anything wrong about the song, if we still have misunderstood it, then, you know, most likely we probably would have ranked the, the way that we did regardless, because of course there's a real sort of a gut feeling aspect to music that's, that's pretty undeniable and really drives the appeal of any given song. You know, if we're listening over and over and over to this whole list of songs and, uh, we want to listen to some more and we're not as excited about other ones, it's likely our rankings are going to have more to do with just gut feeling about it instead of specific things about instrumentation or, or lyrical content or anything like that. Another general comment that I had uh, that you'll also hear later on in the podcast is that uh, when we recorded this podcast, I hadn't had time to read um, everybody's lyrics I just wanted to state that I have in the interim, and that also went into my uh, redoing of my rankings. Um, anyway, uh, so a couple of additional random comments. I uh, just wanted to mention that, yes, uh, we are also disappointed that some judges aren't commenting on shadows. Um, I don't know what's up with that. Uh, I'll start shaming them in the, uh, you know, in our little chats. 
Also, there's a, there's a lot of alsos. Also, I uh, just wanted to mention that we will be playing a little clip of the classical music piece that each spin tunes entry is based upon prior to playing that spin tunes entry and then giving our commentary and reviews on it. Uh, each of these clips are pulled from archive.org, and to the best of my knowledge, uh, all of them are legitimately in the public domain. Uh, and or available under Creative Commons. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize. Uh, but uh, it appears that that's supposed to be the case. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Anyhow, if anybody has any complaints about that, let me know. Uh, so, uh, on to the reviews. All right, I am now recording, so... Official. housekeeping stuff or, or do you want to make any sort of introductory comments or anything uh do you want to talk about the things that you thought about when judging because i definitely yeah. had some things i thought about absolutely yeah and uh I, I i don't have anything actually prepared for that but um i you know when i was listening to it to everything through the fourth or fifth time or whatever and then listening to the uh the classical pieces along with them and stuff like that I, I just had this kind of revolution in how I was thinking about things and it was really kind of disappointing for various ways but I, I, I haven't actually written anything out cool I didn't so, either but what I thought about was like did they just you know take the classical music and then write new lyrics for it and I think some people took that approach and then some people just like borrowed a hook or a melody and then incorporated it into their original music, which I feel like was more in the spirit of the competition. That's exactly, exactly my thought, too, until I went back and reread the assignment and also the example and the, the minuet that they used for the example that was turned into that pop song. Yeah, they just stole um, it. They, yeah, they did exactly that. And I realized that, you know, if we were going to ding them on that or, you know, uh, grade them lower for doing something that is explicitly allowed <laughs> per the, uh, and, and maybe even arguably, you know, since it's the only example that we gave, uh, it's, it, it, it was the instructions. I don't know. At, at this point, it's kind of like there's, too many good songs so i think anything we can stretch to try and you know find a preference one way or the other is is going to come into play anyway right yeah i certainly graded songs higher that i thought creatively borrowed from the classical melody uh, rather than just appropriating it from whole cloth yeah yeah but maybe we can sort of circle back and when we look at our rankings we can try to make that a bit more fair yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to rework the, my original rankings because I had taken sort of that stuff into account. Also, some of these songs I wasn't all that familiar with. Uh, with the classical piece, so I went back and then thought, oh wait, that's that's better than I thought because of this and that, or that's worse than I thought because of you know right this this issue or that with one it. thing i realized by doing this i listened to all the classical pieces too is classical music is fucking great <laughs> <laughs> i really had some emotional moments listening to some of these this music it's wow <laughs> this is so cool it's like <laughs> it's like judge school <laughs> headlines <laughs> mike says beyonce is cool <laughs> 
News flash. Classical music is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to yeah. learn some things here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's also like this endless amount that um, that people could do. One thing that I thought was was helpful anyway is that a lot of these, you know, the the quotes that are used, the uh, the melodies that are stolen are like right from the beginning of these pieces. So I didn't kind of. I was wondering. Oh man, I'm gonna have to you know wade through this this 30 minute long you know movement or something but no everybody you know brought us right to where it was supposed to be so that was was cool and i found uh, i had no problems looking up the stuff on youtube which i also appreciated yeah yeah um i'm hoping that they have a bunch of this stuff on uh like the internet archive um you know, public domain, uh, clips because, uh, that's kind of my plan is to intersperse this with, uh, with clips of the song so that I can illustrate it. That's a great uh, idea. And that's the thing about classical music. That's wonderful is that it's, uh, not encumbered by copyright. Yes. Yes. I don't know though. It's, it's weird because I, I, that's true. But on the other hand, maybe individual performances are yeah, I think that's I certainly true, but uh, I, I think it's relatively easy to find unencumbered performances out there. I suspect so. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of hoping I'll be able to do that. And, and uh, you know, the ones that are on YouTube have obviously beat YouTube's algorithm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I guess it's also arguable if you take a picture with your favorite filter of the Mona Lisa, does that mean that your interpretation or your, uh, professional photo of the Mona Lisa is in the, you know, is that your thing or is it also in the public domain because it's the Mona Lisa? I don't know. I'll have to ask my lawyer, but I have a feeling it's the worst, it's the worst outcome there and it's your thing. Probably. Yeah. You're oh. so creative in your filter use. Bravo. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you want to get, you want to launch into the songs? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, wh- which order? Are we uh, let's take them in the order that they appear in Bandcamp. Okay. All right. So that means we're starting with Temnier's Revolution uh, based on Beethoven's Egmont Overture. I actually wrote uh, like five paragraphs on this song. Holy crap. Uh, okay. Which is because I really had a great time nerding out, like just getting all of the little things that they threw in to sort of, I don't know. There's a lot of depth to the song, which I really appreciated. So the okay. lyrics, uh, which is was the first thing I looked at. I was trying to figure out what they were all about. Okay. And then yeah. I realized that it's actually the story of Count Egmont who uh, was executed for heresy in, I think, 1568. And his execution sparked the uprising in the Netherlands against their Spanish oppressors. So um, I thought that was interesting. And the reason is is that uh, there was this play by the um, German playwright uh, Goethe 
who uh, Beethoven really liked, who's a big fan of, and he composed the incidental music for. And this is the same story from the play, uh, just told by the folks in Temnir, uh, which I thought was really cool. So, like, not only did they lift the music from Beethoven, but they also appropriated the story from the play that the music was based on, which I thought was very cool. Uh, they also mentioned, uh, I want to say, it's, it's in German, so my pronunciation's not going to be good. It's uh, Strom und Drang, which I guess yeah. means uh, storm and something, which is, uh, <laughs> which is a movement in literature and music that I learned about by, you know, listening to this song, that uh, the Beethoven play and the, or excuse me, the Goethe play and the Beethoven music are both examples of this movement in literature and music. So, like, I like this song, like, intellectually, but I also thought, you know, it rocked, like all their songs do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, just in terms of other musical stuff, like at the end, the crowd screams, revolution, which, you know, I thought was totally dramatic and a little bit spine tingling. Um, on the negative side, I didn't like the cheesy sci-fi synthesizer sounds, which, uh, you know, I thought would have been better with some classical instrumentation or something, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of struggled to find nits to pick on this one. I think that's going to be a, a recurring theme through this podcast and through this judging thing. It's uh, uh, much like last week, you, you know, I got down to, you know, putting them in order of, of my preferences and I got down to like four or five, six, seven. And I was like, oh, no, you know, how it's impossible to put these uh, these low. Uh, Temnir, I mean, I, I couldn't uh, put down, put low. I, they're, they're definitely in my top three. Uh, no question whatsoever. Um, I mentioned that they're, they're recognizably Temnir, uh, with, with all that implies, uh, yeah. incredible, incredible talent, really well produced, in, incredibly well performed. Um, I really don't have anything bad to say about this song, except that, again, it's not one of my favorite genres, and that is not a valid complaint. So uh, I'm not counting them, you know, that against this song. Uh, I thought it was a good choice of music. I, I you know, one of the things that, that we discussed beforehand is I thought that maybe choosing a, an instantly recognizable tune might sound a little gimmicky. Yeah. Uh, this was not... Uh, Beethoven's least recognizable uh, tune, but it's not, you know, it wasn't made into a disco tune in the 70s like <laughs> the fifth of Beethoven was. But, uh, but so, so this was, this was a great choice. It was not gimmicky. It was a wonderful interpretation. And oh my God, the bass is doing some really, really cool stuff in the chorus. So, okay, it does, it just does that same line over and over, but it's a sort of a degree of difference and cleverness that I don't really associate with, with the genre. And uh, and I also believe that it's um, it's sort of mirroring or mimicking or doing a line from the classical piece also. So anyhow, this this uh, this really really impressed me. Uh, I loved how it was an interpretation instead of just flat out kind of uh, using. Yeah, a sort of a karaoke with new words sort right, of a thing. Right. They yeah. use the theme at the start and at the end, and it just you know bookends it nicely. 
Yeah, but there's also I think I think the the stuff in the middle is taken from it too. Oh, cool. Uh, like you know if it I, I was listening to it and I was listening for these other sections. You know if you listen back and forth between the songs, and I think that I think pretty much all of it is pulled from it. Uh, in one part or another, but you know the other thing that you could argue well is it's long enough, and there's so much different instrumentation doing different things in the classical piece that you could say, well, you could attribute it to that, but they may or may not have intended that. I'm going to say that they intended it because uh, I don't know. I just think it's brilliant. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that just because of how much thoughtfulness they put into this song. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they they must not have jobs. <laughs> they, they must just say we're going to win this one, and we're going to put all of our uh, effort into it, either that or or they're just effort, effortlessly brilliant, which is which hurts me. In any event, I, I certainly enjoyed this song. I spent a long time thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great great effort. All right, should we move on? Yeah, we should move on. So next we have uh, Edric Halin with "With You." See, my notes say I really like the melody that uh, that Edric took from Dvorak's Symphony Number no. Nine in E Minor. Um, so one thought I had that like this is probably the most instrumentation I think I've ever heard from Edric. So there are like timpanis and all of these classical elements, and yeah. um, I thought that was cool. But at the same time, like you know, you're stealing from classical music and you're playing it in a classical style. Like you know, it's I. Th- you know, the word of the challenge that I kept thinking of was contemporary, like bring it to a contemporary song. And I'm, I thought there may have been some failings there with strict, uh, sticking with just strictly classical instrumentation. But on the good side, like I thought the lyrics were very moving. And of course, his singing was, you know, lovely as usual. And yeah. the song was very, very well done. And uh, I read the song bio, and it had to do... I guess Edric wrote this song for his wife, who had uh, experienced some loss recently, and there could be more on the horizon. So I thought that was somewhat poignant. Um, yeah. Definitely a good song, but I yeah. do question the choice of using classical instrumentation everywhere in a classical song and having it sound contemporary. Yeah, kind of. But I, I think that also you, you might be... I mean. Yeah. <laughs> How do I put this? A violin is not uh, an inherently classical instrument. It is just because it's it's lasted that long. But it's kind of like saying a piano is a classical yeah, instrument. That's or, true. You know, so it's like it's just an instrument. So it's it can be used for anything, and it sound you know our ears say, well, that's that that's a sort of a classical sound or a classical style. But 
uh, on the other hand, they're they're making orchestral music still today. You know, true, there's composers true. doing that, and it's not officially called classical, I believe. But, I think they call it contemporary classical. Yeah, yeah. So I I I, I didn't ding him on any of that. I you know the the thing is I you know just listening to it over and over, and not being familiar with the the source classical clip. I just thought it was brilliant. I mean, I uh, oh also I, I got to mention something. I found out uh, not from Edric, but uh, from somebody who knows Edric. You know what is what he does and everything like that. Is that a previous comment that I made on one of these podcasts where I said that either his his pitch correct software is better than ours, or he doesn't use it and he's just amazing. Uh, I heard from somebody that he does not use pitch correction software or auto tune or anything like that. He is just, uh, just incredible. That's, that's it, you know? So, uh, anyhow, uh, I just wanted to, to, to clarify that, that I, cause I didn't want it to be some weird kind of a backhanded thing where I said, man, his pitch correct is better than ours. No, he doesn't use auto tune. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all jerkatorian man. So, uh, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, yeah, so he doesn't use pitch manipulation. I take everything that I said back. Uh, uh, yeah, um, this, uh, I had really nothing bad to say about this because I mean, what, what, what could I possibly say? You know, some, I mean, it, it's like if I'm look, stretching for, for something bad to say, everything bad I have to say is ridiculous. Like the, some of the instrumentation sound like synthesizer strings, you know, like, like, like what, like, like I expected him to hire an orchestra. Would for... it have killed him to have hired an orchestra? <laughs> Yeah, a full orchestra with horns and timpani and strings. I mean, it's he had a whole week again <laughs> <laughs> and an unlimited budget. Why didn't he? I, hire I do have another orchestra? note that uh, I struggled to figure out which parts were composed by him and which parts were from the original music. I thought it all sounded like the original. Oh, you, oh, you mean like. Oh yeah, no, composed. I, he was all performed by him, but it was—I think it was all the original music. Like right. I, I found a, a a version of it, and it, it sounded just you know note with, for note. Yeah, with maybe with just a couple of little changes that you know were probably so that you know he didn't have to add syllables here and there. Uh, I think I think other than that, you know, just a couple of small changes. It was pretty much that thing that that i guess is the only thing that i can say may or may not be a criticism which is that i think he put words over uh you know the original tune so but again you know i i can't say that use that as a criticism either because it was uh explicitly in the rules and it was exactly the example that we gave them you yeah. know except you know except for the instrumentation part okay so so yeah so let's see. Uh, let's move on. We got Micah Summersmith with I Sing for Clara. i 
I love this song. I mean, this uh, this is like this weird love fest, which you know, which is terrible because you know we're, we have to rate these, and I don't want to. I mean, I, there's none of these that we've discussed so far that I would even put in you know in spot two. You know, certainly not spot three or spot four. So it's kind of like we're we're screwed with this. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say that all of my ratings are number one, and that I, you get blamed for anything that goes. <laughs> Into the bottom half. How's totally that? fair. Okay. Good, good, good. So, uh, so, so I should mention that Trump this is uh, Clara Schumann's piano trio in G minor. Yeah. Uh, she is the wife of Robert Schumann. Yeah. Yeah. Famous, and, famous composer. Arguably yeah, and, much more famous than she. Maybe more than arguably. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's there there's there are a lot of throughout history. There's a lot of sort of examples of this, like the the Freuds and. And the Schumanns and, and all of these things where the, the 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 wife or the sister or the the woman in the group was probably as talented, often more talented than uh, the male uh, of the family, and uh, and got no credit for it. Yeah. Uh, so for my my notes say that the the melody works really great as a waltz, which I, I kind of like that he put it in waltz time, and. Um, like I, 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 again, I tried to figure out which parts of the music were just pure mica, and um, I really loved the bridge section. Like the timing changes, and mica has these sort of gang vocals in the background, like backing vocals. Yeah. Um, really great stuff. That's like where mica's unique spin gets put on the songs, and um, you know, like I love how it also it tells. Uh, Clara's story, but also, you know, it's a lament against all of the greatness humanity squandered by not allowing women an equal place in society. So I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. You know, and there's that line, the song's unsung for there was women's work to be done, which I thought was just a great line. Yes, yes. In, yes. Term, in terms of my nits, like, uh, I just had a complaint with some minor guitar string noises and some popping and clickings in places, but that's that's it. That's the knob twiddler. Yeah, me. that's the knob yeah. twiddler in me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I loved it again. I I agree. Fantastic lyrics, uh, great singing, great great choices when it came to uh, to deciding what to do with the song. You know, the instrumentation and what to put where, and and uh, I I yeah. Just fantastic. I mean, I, I I really have no criticisms, and and I, I'm going to say it. You know, the in the past, uh, in these other podcasts, I've kind of mentioned. Well, the the notes were a little pitchy here and there. He's he they're, they're not in this song, man. Yeah, it's uh, right this, on. Yeah, he's he's really really brought it with this one. The the performance is great. It's uh, it's charming. It's it's uh, good to listen to, and yeah. I, I got nothing bad to say about this song when it comes right down to it. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Governing Dynamics 45. Forgive, 
choose who gets to live Who knows your motives Everyone is gonna So um, this piece is by a guy named, I'm going to mispronounce this name because I'm an idiot, Isaac Albinis? Albinis? Oh, uh, let me see. Check my notes here. Oh, yeah, I'm not even going to try. So, uh. <laughs> so like, uh, this piece was originally, I guess, composed on a piano, but has sort of become like a defining music for classical, classical guitar. And, um, oh my God, I've listened to some incredible classic guitar players, classical guitar players play this song. And this song just blew me away when I listened to it on YouTube, the original. So good. So good. Yeah. Did you also hear the, the kind of more orchestral uh, versions of it? Because I, I found one of those that, uh, just because, uh, I don't know, the, 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 the guitar versions, you know, like the Segovia version and everything was, was really great. But I also kind of wanted to, to, you know, but it, how do I put it? It was kind of uh, uh, harder to separate out the the main themes for me. And I'm not not going to say harder, but it was easier to separate out the main themes when you learn listen to the orchestral version. And that that was kind of what I was going for because I wanted to I wanted to really get the uh, what do you call it the the melody that was was taken for the song and of course it's not it's more than the melody it's the rest of the the drive of it too yeah so yeah and they they did a really good job of incorporating the melody into their own music and like I feel like it was you know maybe twenty percent the melody from this song and then you know eighty percent their own music which I thought was cool yeah yeah it's uh the 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 main drive the main theme of it the kind of the introductory sort of uh uh thing is definitely taken you know direct from the song which uh, which again is the um uh the assignment so uh yeah i thought it was a great choice of classical music again so far we haven't gotten any of those uh, what I feared was the, sort of the gimmicky. We're going to come to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, it was a, a great choice. Uh, I, I thought it was slower than the classical uh, performances that I heard. A slower tempo. Yeah, yeah. Um, which which is fine. Uh, and uh, the song was great. Uh, but the, I thought it was maybe not quite as charming as the their previous songs that they'd done. Uh, the other go- governing dynamics songs. You know, I just just loved so hearing this one. Uh, it it didn't have the immediate appeal of uh, the the governing other governing dynamic right. songs. You today. know, but of course I don't have to. Is, uh, this song is about Trump, right? AKA forty five, yeah. which I thought was kind of risky. Uh, contemporary politics, it's just they don't make for songs with staying power, and you know that it's it's kind of a downer. I don't want to think about how much time I spent freaking out about Trump. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, okay. On the other hand, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a terrible admission here that uh, I I hadn't gotten around to reading the lyrics on this one. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I did do all the all the homework with uh, comparing it to the um, the classical and everything. And I did it for all of these songs, but uh, all of this was done while I was traveling. So it was all on the plane. It was all on uh, on shuttles and things like that. So it was. Uh, you know, so I didn't actually have internet connections. What I did was I, I scampered to download versions mm-hmm. of everything and then listened to them on the buses and, and the 
and the airplanes that I was on. So, uh, so yeah, actually, I, I I hadn't even known that it was uh, about Trump. And I and think that's good because it such, wasn't super overt, right? Like it wasn't in your face about Trump. Like they met, they, they never mentioned his name, but. Yeah, I mean, I could enjoy the song as just as uh, a song that sounds good, and I could enjoy the association with the classical angle on it, and then uh, and then yeah, I could just totally space out and not uh, not make that connection. So uh, I was free from from all of that uh, sort of associated stress that might come from the political angle of it. So okay. yeah. Uh, so in my notes, let's see. I really like the chugging guitars and the soaring guitar lead or uh, lead guitar line. Uh, the pipe organ had a cool, spooky sound to it, which I think, you know, I the I really liked it in the bridge. Um, you know, and it reminded me of some of the Beatles' more heavy stuff, like you know that song "I Want You, She's So Heavy." I just sort of got that heaviness from that, which I uh, which I really enjoyed. So I liked the music, but. I was sort of turned off by the lyrics. I guess I shouldn't have read them so carefully. <laughs> no, you, no, you definitely should have done. I should have done my homework and been uh, been disappointed like you that way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I I, uh, I I thought it 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 stood uh, alone uh, well, uh, whether or not you read the lyrics. So, and I should have read the lyrics. And and who knows? I mean, I'll I'll go back and uh, before we turn in our rankings, I'll read all the lyrics and see if that sort of changes my ranking for any of them. Um, but you know, I, I tend to go by my gut instead right. of uh, my brain anyway for a lot of this stuff. And I think most people who listen to music, that's exactly how they operate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So next up, we have Bubba and the No Longer Amiable Kraken. The song is called Revolutionary Love, and it's based on, uh, let's see, Chopin Etude number, number 12 in C minor. song that I've heard by them and third completely different sound yeah yeah it's impressive how how they're I mean but yeah so totally different so a, a nice kind of pleasant surprise that every time that we hear from these guys it's it's a different take yeah very cool for that I also liked how they you know I tried this is this is when I tried to match the melodies that they had in their song to the parts in the Chopin piece and um I think I counted three different melodies they they grabbed from the Chopin piece and, and put them in their song. And so I was very impressed by that. Um, I think the chorus also is just really good. That sort of B on the marquee chorus lump part that uh, that is the part that I remembered. And like, you know, it's weird when songs get stuck, stuck in my head. It's like I wake up in the morning and I hear them going in my head. And this got stuck in my head on the chorus there and uh, was one of my favorite parts of the song. Yeah, yeah. It also, yeah, that, like, they make great choices. It was really well done. Uh, it was a good sort of '70s, '80s light rock vibe, like uh, 
I want to say like Steely Dan, maybe Frankie Valley or something like that. It all sounds good, you know. You got that electric piano and and uh, and a nice groove going and everything like that. And it's, yeah, I I, I just uh, it appealed to me. I like yeah. it. Yeah, did you notice at the end they had that electric p- piano play this sort of long descending line, that yeah. kind of reminded me a lot of the classical music, which I thought was a cool nod. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Do you have anything bad to say about it? I do not. I didn't write anything bad down. I was I was like I'm kind of. You know, revolting against that a little bit because I, I, I'm sort of thinking that I shouldn't stretch for something bad to say if I legit can't find anything to, to criticize in this song. And I, I you know, it, I was happy when I found something. I oh, looked what, hard. What was it? <laughs> what I was thought it? some of the rhymes were a little bit simple and on the nose. <laughs> but, but I was like, yes, <laughs> these are simple rhymes. <laughs> This is the kind of stuff that you're you're really searching around for, and you don't hold anybody else to. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so <laughs> gotta so, say something bad though. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, with the caveat there that yeah, if if we're finding if we're searching around for something bad and we don't you know hold anybody else to that kind of a standard that we recognize that and you know yeah, this song is definitely in my top it. three. Yeah, this is great stuff. Yeah. All right, so we can move on to Megalodon with Magpie. This is based on Brahms's Hungarian dance number five. I'm gonna find a diamond in the rough. I'll search through the piles of trinkets and guff. I'll make some art for there's never enough One man's drunk is another man's stuff I found treasure, it was all covered in fluff I called um, it... One of the first thing I noticed about this is that there's some really cool wordplay in the lyrics. Like, you know, he, he pairs words that sound similar, like warning and outworn, increasing creases, mourning all the mourn, hordes of morbid forms I don't know I just thought that was really cool uh, yeah. but I thought all this wordplay came at the expense of some of having some kind of narrative or having a story to tell like it was just like I th- it feels like it was just an exercise in wordplay rather than you know for f- telling us a story or you know doing it for a reason um, yeah. on the positive uh, side like the singing is great like this guy Truth I think is uh, Glenny's friend who uh, participates with him in some other songs or some okay. other bands um, and he, his singing is great and he also I think plays mandolin I'm not sure but I think he plays mandolin on this track which is great like the the guitar mandolin instrumentation and maybe there's even a banjo in there is just totally tasty Oh, there's there's definitely mandolin and banjo. I was I was like, uh, I, I I'm a I'm so so on mandolin in general. It was done really well on this song though, and the banjo is so hard to to make sound like really good and and charming. But this was just done great. I, I was so impressed with the uh, with the choice of instrumentation and the use of it. You know, like. I so often enough like a little a little pause in a song here or there can ruin it. It can t- totally take out the the groove and take out the drive. It did the ap- absolute opposite here, where it just really kind of elevated it to me, and it was just excellent choices when it came that way. And it yeah. just and I, I I want it, it sounds like a 
you know, like a minor sort of compliment to say it's an excellent choice, but no, no, no. I mean, like this, this really made the song great. It made the song it, it charming. It made it sound great. And uh, I keep on saying the same words. <laughs> I gotta find where's my where's my thesaurus. <laughs> the recording quality was also just awesome. Like it yeah. sounded pro style. Yeah, which always yeah. impresses me. Yeah. I, uh, again, I, I didn't get a chance to, to read through the lyrics for all these. I'm going to go back and do that before submitting my final rankings. Let's see, I also noted that the percussion was really amazing, like, and I wondered if someone was playing that live, or if, you know, they just have access to extremely good canned percussion. You know, they, they, they do tend to do a bunch of live stuff. Yeah, I know Glennie is a, a fan of the band sound and uh you know playing all those all that stuff live yeah uh it, it would help to kind of get uh, a song bio about yeah, this i think that would have helped and a magpie is aren't they known as as like collectors of stuff like oh, they like yes, garbage they are yes they are so yeah we, we got to redo this entire bit yeah <laughs> i think i think i just totally missed that there's a lot of collecting of stuff yeah, but yeah, I don't. I, if I were to die from a perfect perfume, <laughs> it, I'm sure it means something. And uh, yeah, but you know, it's like perfect perfume. It's like the p words together. There's a lot of that kind of wordplay. Yeah, even even if we didn't, you know, have to kind of go through this, uh, it does. It they do sound neat lyrics, and sometimes yeah. you don't really need anything else for a song. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I've been a big proponent of of not having to to have lyrics that make sense <laughs> <laughs> and there's some plenty of great songs where the lyrics make no sense at all so yeah exactly so all right we're gonna move on to boy on the wall uh doing yesterday himself uh, he uh, well no no his previous thing which of course was the, the song today right which yeah, was right. A, the day after yesterday be, yeah prequel for for yesterday so uh so yeah so now he he mentioned that he wasn't as happy as he wanted to be with how it was received so he wanted to have another kind of a do-over and more or less not not the same thing but he wanted another reference to the same song right so, yeah. Uh, I certainly liked some of the instrumentation on this. Like, it also had sort of a certain late 70s, early 80s feel to it. Like, that saxophone, I think, is really iconic sounding. Um, like, I also really liked the instrumental segues after each chorus, where there were, like, hand claps and a sax solo, which sounded really lush and interesting. Um, 
I liked how the end of each verse had kind of a little lift, like on the lines like, now I'm burning you down and goodbye, goodbye at the end of each of the verses. And it kind of lifted you up into the chorus, which I thought was really cool. Um, Mm -hmm. My major complaint with this song is there's just something weird about the chorus that I can't put my finger on. I think at the listening party, I messaged you and said, is this in the right key? Is there something dissonant happening here? Because my ears were just hearing something like maybe flat when it should have been sharp. I don't know. And when I listened to the chorus over and over again to try to figure out like what my ear didn't like about it, like if there's something clashing in the uh, harmony vocal, and I couldn't figure it out. I still, for the life of me, don't know what it is about the chorus that I don't like, but there's something there that is just sour to my ears, and I don't know what I, it is. I, you know, I, I gotta agree. I think there was something, I think he might have missed a note or two. I, I think that there were a couple of things in there that, uh, and I, I could be wrong, but it, at some point it doesn't matter if he is like hitting the notes that are in the, you know, that are a direct reference to the classical tune, then I'm going to say that it, it still sounds weird and it sounds off. And I'm going to suggest that maybe he should have, I'm, yeah, I'm going to tell him what to do No, uh, <laughs> but uh, that maybe, uh, picking a different, melody out of it might have been a better way to go because it does sound dissonant you're right i i got that too and i did because i and i never want to say anything bad about this guy i think he he's he's brought it you know all of these rounds and i thought again i thought that he should have been in round four instead of us last time totally uh you know so i i don't know i so i i also hate starting off these things my comments in these things with something bad so so I'm gonna uh, uh, rewind a little bit and say some nice things. Okay. Uh, the voice reminds me of Bob Doro a bit, uh, especially poignant now that uh, he passed away very recently. He's the guy who uh, did all the Schoolhouse Rock songs. Um, so like back in the '70s, oh, and uh, all you know, he's he's got a really sort of distinctive voice. And um, years ago, I bought uh, one of his non-Schoolhouse Rock albums. He also does jazz, and he does vocals for that. And he's just got this really nice voice that you want to hear all the time. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> it's just kind of it's uh it's kind of comforting and fun. And he's he's just the kind of guy that you would you would like to hear reading a um. A telephone book and boy on the wall has some of that yeah you know uh, especially when he kind of gets in, into his lower register he sounds like he's he's talking to you and he's trying to engage you and he's and he's got my attention all the time but yeah i think his voice is really cool and it's really cool on this um i thought it was a great song it was great mixing and great choices and uh I loved the lyrics on on listening to them in the song. Just reading them in front of me, they're fine, but uh, away from the song, they don't have quite the pull that I thought they were going to have. Built into the song, they're just fantastic, I thought. Just wonderful lyrics. I loved listening to them. The constructive criticism is I thought, yeah, there was something that didn't sound right with uh, the lead vocal uh, melody in uh in in the chorus especially but also right, in the context of everything elsewhere. else yeah yeah all right uh, you want to move on to jordan carroll sure yeah his okay. song is entitled work it and it's based on mozart's uh, turkish march mm-hmm. 
funny it was clever uh and the singer amazing voice amazing. Uh, that's she's she's fantastic you know she's really really good having said that it's a little gimmicky this is this is one of those that's uh uh is that the, the this is the second one after magpie that is you know instantly recognizable but but i didn't think magpie sounded all that gimmicky this one is was clearly Okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna take this instantly recognizable tune and make a contrast with the classical by by putting, you know, sort of current, funny, maybe a little nasty <laughs> hip hop uh, inspired lyrics. Yeah, I guess nasty is not the right word. It does have um, some uh, trash talk. Yeah. In it, but uh, but yeah, just looking at the stuff now, it's. Short of, I'm about to cut a bitch. Uh, <laughs> it's not really all that. It's it's not nasty. It's just and booties. You broke ass skanky hose. <laughs> it's a little yeah. nasty. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, not not compared to when when I think about you know, nasty music. You know, I this is this it's is not too uh, life not that. Yeah, it's not it's not Eminem. So uh, to its credit. Uh, right. it's, it's none of that. Not that I dislike either of those. Obviously, I've, I've listened to plenty of that stuff uh, and enjoyed that, too. But here, here again, uh, a little gimmicky. You know, uh, I get that that was the whole point, that there's this contrast between current lyrics and classical, and that brings a lot of the humor and the cleverness to it. The problem is in this competition in this round I think the stronger songs were the ones that were more earnest so if I'm going to judge this this earnest emotional and and also very well done song against this slightly gimmicky funny and clever but but done for comic relief done very well for comic relief song then you know in general I'm going to rate the the earnest ones a little higher I mean, this this song is is great. You know, don't don't get me wrong. I like this song. This song would win any song fight. You know, it it would enter easily. You know, if this was uh, if if Work It was the title for a song fight and they submitted this, they would just be the hands down winner. For sure. You know, but again, this round is too hard, and um, any criticism that I could pin on it or any song, I will. So I really, really, really like this song, but it's still not going to be in my top half. Ju- judging sucks for this yeah, round. It does. Judging sucks so bad for this round because, like, uh, it, it it pains me that I have to put any of them in the bottom half. But uh, but I'm, I'm I'll say it right off the bat that as much as I liked this song, as much as I laughed at this song, and as much as I enjoyed this song and got what they were going for and thought they did it really well, it's still. Uh, going to be beat out by the more earnest entries and i hate that cool well uh, so i had very similar thoughts to yours um 
So Natalie has absolutely the swagger and the vocal chops to pull off this sort of queen bee diva sort of diss song, right? Oh, yeah. And so so good job for that. She can sing lines like, I'm about to cut a bitch or best come correct. And it works. Like, I'm not groaning and thinking, really? Because, you know, she has the talent to pull off those lines. I could see her as some sort of queen diva who would sing a song like this. That's a great um, delivery, yeah. Yeah, but it's but you know this stands in stark contrast to Jordan, who acts as the hype man at the beginning and the end. You know he has this over the top radio DJ sort of voice, which is like more suitable for a Weird Al type parody song, and it just screams not serious. And I think it would have been better to have just cut out his parts in the beginning and the end and replaced them with samples or something else. Um, like, I feel like it could have been a serious attempt at this kind of song, like, without some of those elements that just brought it into the parody world. So, wow. um, Also, there's not much original music here. It's like they just took the theme and, you know, put some hip-hop lyrics and, on top of it, and that was cool. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, I liked I get, it for all the same reasons you did. Yeah, yeah. I, and again, we, we can't ding them for, for doing that because that, that was pretty much literally yeah. the, the, the assignment. So, yeah. But although I did ding everybody who did that, so because <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll have to I started, change our, our rankings at the end. But Yeah, yeah. I started out dinging them and then like like literally last night while I was on a shuttle from the airport to uh, to the to the flyaway place, it's uh, – I, I I went back and I was like, wait, wait, wait. So uh, let me go back and listen to the example that we gave and let me go back and reread the assignment. And again, the, uh, the, the example was exactly this. Yeah. You know, and the assignments, you know, it said don't do just uh, like a redo of, you know, like they, they put the sister act comparison in there. But none of those, these are those two because these are all original lyrics and that was the only real kind of sticking point they said use original lyrics and they and all these people did so yeah all right well um so that leaves us with one more track of the non-shadows which is uh glenn rafael yippee kaye um beethoven's ode to joy Pacifism's not the way When bad guys are problematic Good guys have to save the day If you weren't alive in the 80s You might not know what it's about When you watch this kind of movie There will be a body count A body count I had a feeling somebody would use Ode to Joy as their pick, you know, because it's one of those most recognizable classic classical melodies ever. Um, I think I would have avoided it for that reason, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, this is, uh, again, when, when you pick something that's instantly recognizable, you, you risk uh, being a little gimmicky. And this did it, but but this you know much like the the Jordan Carroll song, it, w- it wasn't going for that. It was going for 
for to be to be funny and uh and it was funny and it was charming yeah they brought the uh, funny like i laughed out loud at the like actually laughed out loud at the line uh even if you're a jew which maybe i'm a bad person <laughs> but i laughed out loud maybe <laughs> so, so it definitely worked on the funny side and of course you know the it's I don't know. It had a definite arc, like describing these kinds of action movies, which I thought was really cool, and it fit exactly into the melody. Guitar yeah. playing was like you know playful and well done. Like it's not like he made the guitar playing perfect. Like there were some f- sort of flaws. I think he left in there intentionally to sort of make it sound. I don't know, a little looser. That is, that is uh, so generous. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't mean that to sound as mean as it is, but I mean to 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 suggest that they were there. I I didn't give him that credit of thinking that they were intentional uh, little bits of sloppiness. My main criticism that I can be legit about is that it was. I thought it was a little sloppy. So yeah. Interesting. Well, we both caught on to that, but thought it was done for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I, I yeah my yeah is maybe me wondering if if uh, like how could you think that was intentional but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter I mean okay so one one of the things with with shadow entries that get folded over back into the uh, the real thing is I always kind of wonder if if maybe they half-assed the shadow because they didn't think they were going to get into it yeah you know and so and so that's one of the things uh, about this one that. That I kind of wonder if if maybe it was a little sloppy because he's like, oh, it's just a shadow any, anyway. I just want to get this out there, and it doesn't matter as much, you know. Like, uh, I I can't help but think that if if uh, if we'd had to do any if we'd done any shadow entries, that we would maybe flout the uh, the rules as much as we could. Yeah, yeah, um, or not take it super seriously. Yeah, yeah, maybe turn in a you know. Um, one microphone sitting around some acoustic guitars and, and talking about, uh, diehard movies. <laughs> so, but, but no, not that that's what he did. Uh, the, the recording quality is all right. I guess again, a little sloppy, um, didn't do much to the song melody. Uh, just, uh, just stole it outright, which again is totally fine. Totally fine. Totally part, you know, uh, accepted by the rules and exactly what the, uh, what the example was. Um, I thought the harmonies were lovely. Uh, oh, yeah, I, thought, I noticed those too. Not only that, I thought the chorus melody was was really great. And I, I mean, like it, this, what he did to the song, uh, what he did to the song could have made uh, could make a lovely Christmas carol. If he changed these words and and sort of took out all the funny stuff and made it just a Christmas, like a, a, a great sort of a Christmas right. song. Like the part where he goes, it's Christmas time. It's yeah. mistletoe. Yeah. That was yeah. really nice. Yeah. That's great. And specifically the, the kind of harmonies that he chose for it and the delivery that he gave to it, I thought was just, just lovely. I mean, that yeah. was, that was really nice. And, uh, and you know, it talking about action movies detracted from, from that, <laughs> but that, I mean that's, that's aspect, not yeah, yeah the, the the aspect which is which was not his main drive for the song, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know I, I, it doesn't matter it was lovely it was a, a, a nice kind of a little section where I was like this would be a legit awesome you know a Christmas right. carol you know so, he like everyone in this competition is incredibly talented yeah 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 judging sucks yep. it sucks 
And uh, we yeah. won't have to do it again next year, thankfully. We'll we'll yes. be judged, and people will probably not have to stretch to say bad things about our songs. Oh, they're going to be chomping at the bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to move on to the shadows? Yes, yes. Let's. Do so that. I do not have extensive notes on the shadows, as I mentioned before. I suck. Okay, so yeah. I got to the end and I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to go to bed now. But uh, I did listen to all the songs, and we can talk about the first shadow, which is uh, a combination of Dr. Lindyke and Heather Zink, uh, Far Away. I see you smiling, but every day is gray when you are gone. Love's in the way when I try to find you. It's so easy to say when alone and you seem far away. A kiss was so yeah. pleasing. This uh, I thought was a, it was a fun uh, brat packification uh, of the of the tune. Uh, I could totally hear Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra <laughs> or Tony Bennett doing this song. You know, it was uh, and not just because it was, uh, it, you know, it, it was the Mac the Knife sounding sort of a thing. Yeah. But yeah, I but, definitely heard shades of Mac the Knife in there. Yeah, yeah, and and, and uh, I have insider information where I know that he was he was kind of worried about that in the beginning, but it it doesn't matter. This was this was great. It was fun. I, I loved Heather Zink's part. That was that was awesome. Yep. Uh, so it was good. Good. Cool. Uh, the next shadow we have the Bafo Yucks dude doing sirens. They also submitted to Neurine, which is running at the same time as this contest. Yeah. So you've heard this a couple of times. Oh, yeah. I've listened to this a number of times. Uh, Uh, It's great. Like, uh, this is one of the best Bafo Yucks Dudes tunes I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was well-performed. I had a little trouble hearing the Paco Bell in there. 
Oh, yeah, it was Pachelbel's Canon. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of had uh, difficulty picking that out, and I don't know if that's just my my ears, you know, searching around for it and not finding it, and it definitely being there, or if maybe it was a, a little bit of a, uh, what do you call it, a, a, an elaboration uh, of an elaboration that uh, that lost some of the drive that I thought it should have if it was going to be Pachelbel, so I'm, I'm not sure. Right. I Did thought it was it? very clever how they... Uh, you know, they did that neurine thing where you take the challenge and then you misinterpret it in kind of a funny, interesting way. And they did a good job on that with, you know, siren sounds. They sung about, yeah. you know, sirens calling ships to the rocks. This is not a neurine podcast. Oh, yes, so we're, I know. We're not, we're not judging this on neurine. We're, I mean, we're not <laughs> judging it at all, but we're not judging it on, on the neurine challenge. I just wanted to say something. <laughs> there are no good neurine podcasts. So, yeah. <laughs> We'll just oh yeah man. oh my god yeah. there's just no good neurine podcast <laughs> yeah no that's that's a that's a joke serious joke um <laughs> but uh but yeah the the lyrics are fantastic and the melody is great it's there's a really good feeling to this song i like hearing it cool and yeah. we got another bafo yucks tune uh ode to marcel okay yeah uh my comments for this song wait for it wait for it That's all. Uh, pretty much all I had to say. Yeah, yeah I had. Uh, I don't. I didn't listen to the song more than a couple times, and I have no memory of it. Let's just. Let's just not do this one. Okay. Well, no, I thought we just did it. Oh. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, next, we have Menage Tune, and it's yeah. springtime something. Hang yeah. on. Uh, a promenade. Oh, okay. There we go. Promenade. Yeah. Joanne's singing is just wonderful in this one. It's this is the the lyrics sound they sound like she's really singing what what the feel of the original classical music is. And this is just this is another great example of how and why she made it uh, back into round 4 in Spin Tunes 13. I thought yeah. I I just loved this. This was just lovely. Yeah. You know, it's again it's arguably the same type of type of technical issue that I had with like Glenn's song where it, and uh, with some of the other songs where it's not much of an interpretation, it seems more like she wrote the lyrics to the classical melody instead of incorporating it into the original song. Again, totally fine. I mean, yeah, it was exactly the challenge. It was so it's perfectly, perfectly fine. If it sounds this good, it, it's not a, a criticism anyway. It's just a beautiful song. Cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to discuss Jerkatorium's like? 98% misogyny free cover of today's the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I took it as a premonition. Today's the day I get a move on. Today's the day I change. Today's the day that I improve on who I am and everything I do. Today's the day that I break up with you. 
just stop and think about all the time. I think, I think we, we stripped out maybe uh, of the amount of uh, misogyny that was that was arguably in the song. Uh, I think we, we did a good job of eradicating most of it. So uh, our, um, what do you call it? Uh, what, what, what's a good word for that? Creative license, maybe? Yeah, I wanted something less um, uh, less generous. Um, <laughs> our interpretation, our, man. Yeah. What's the word I'm thinking? Our, our neutering. Our neutering of this song was was pretty epic, which which I think is you know which which was done on purpose, and was done I think to sort of improve the vibe, because there's. You know, some of that stuff is 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 nasty and unnecessary. I thought, and yep. uh, you're you're not kind of doing much introspection if you're and, and and I know that you know everybody's been in this spot where you're blaming the other, you know, for uh, for the failings of any relationship. But this is kind of like yeah, and this is you know sort of a part of bitterness and you know right at the point point of breakup. Uh, it's not where you're gonna be thinking like, oh, well, this is all my fault, you know, or this is any part my fault. This is all the other person. Right. But, At that point, you're not likely to have sort of a nuanced take on the situation. Yeah, yeah. Yet, I think that you know, if we're gonna spend a few days, several hours on a song, then uh, we don't have to be subject to that. So. Yes. We, we don't need to, to further that kind of message anyway. So. All right. Well, I think we're at the point in the podcast where we can wrap things up. Uh, do you have any shout outs? Um, no. This the, uh, I, I would like to thank Jerkatorium for uh, being awesome all the time. <laughs> and uh, we did it all on our own. No help from anybody. Nope. No support from anybody. No, um, I, no, I'm kidding. Uh, this, uh, let's see, we'll do the regular shout outs, uh, which I've forgotten. Do you remember any of them? Uh, Brian and Alice. Brian and Alice, obviously, uh, uh Alice is awesome. Brian, uh, Jerkatorium wouldn't exist without Brian. Yeah. They've written a bunch of our lyrics, uh, it's been an inspiration for, for everything we've ever done. Um, I gotta also give a shout out for it to Tommy G and Dr. Lindyke, uh, for, for all the things they do for spin tunes. The guy who did the art for the Bach to the Future uh, you know, cover, I thought that, yeah. that cover was especially good. Yeah, he, he, he always puts some great effort into it, and it's, uh, it's, it's really awesome. That's, that's wonderful. Um, what else? Uh, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, mothers are important. Um, they, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's a, I know it's a it's a <laughs> it's a controversial stance for me to take, <laughs> but I'm gonna say it. I'm not afraid. Mothers <laughs> well, are good. <laughs> All right, that concludes this podcast. Thanks for listening. If you're still here, yeah, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> All right. <laughs>